either kill or let live Mr. Min. As long as I can screw up your segues, I did my job. Hello and welcome to the Emotive Pixels podcast. This is our episode for Far Cry 4. Before we get started, please be aware that all of our podcasts are extremely spoiler heavy, although we will try not to spoil things other than Far Cry 4. I'm Will Atkinson, and the question this week is we're going to talk really briefly about our most gruesome injury. And while I have a few interesting injuries, I think... The one for me that is the most gruesome is I was walking on a school bus and there was an exposed sheet metal on the top of one of the seats and the bus driver hit the gas right as I was walking down and I was flung back against the seat and had this giant gash right on my wrist where the sheet metal cut right into my arm. It was nasty. God, I would swear, I, I would have swore you would have had a more gruesome one, like in the military or something. <laughs> oh, oh shit! I have a, <laughs> I have a war wound too. But anyway, that's fine. Who, who are you? So I'm Brian, <laughs> uh, Brian Pachuki, and uh, I do not have a gruesome story. So the most probably, if you want to call it an injury, I was probably like seven, and I was running in the basement of my dad's pharmacy, and I think my brother was chasing me. We were just kids playing doing dumb kid shit so yeah i'm like running from like he's chasing me and i'm running and i'm looking at him being a pharmacy you know they have like all bunch of stuff they you know like you can sell or rent and one of the things was like a like a hospital bed thing so it had like legs and one of the legs was sticking out in one of the aisles and you know in the storage basement and i was looking behind because i'm getting chased and then i turn around i ran right into it and my forehead was cut um got like i don't know 10 15 stitches but very lightweight nothing um Nothing exciting or gruesome. Oh, come on. That does sound kind of exciting. I mean, kind of sound like a little bit like Walking Dead. Uh, my name, I'm Craig Schumann. Probably the most gruesome story that I can think of. And it's not even that gruesome because there was no protruding bones. There's no blood. But it was, uh, it was skiing. And I was skiing down the mountain. I was not experienced. I was a kid. I was going down. Went over some moguls, which ended up being a terrible idea. Ended up getting turned sideways. Turned, went over a couple others, and then dropped into... An area where there was a small half pipe. As soon as I popped out of that, I ended up doing a backflip, and I don't even know what happened <laughs> after that. I ended up landing, and the next thing I know is I'm just looking up, and there's just a crowd of people circling around me and just staring down at me, saying, Are you okay? And sure enough, no, no, I was not. <laughs> My knee was bent under me, and uh, next thing I know, uh, I hear the the medical people on the mountain coming up to me and loading me onto the back of a snowmobile ski tray thing and then dragging me down the mountain to a small hospital in the middle of, of a mountain town here in Colorado. And that is a great story when your parents are not with you and the school has to call and tell, hey, you know, your son's here in the hospital. That's always the first thing your mother wants to hear. So that was a fantastic injury. All right, so let's get this thing kicked off with a quick story recap. Craig, do you want to give us a quick run through? Yeah, sure. So uh, as you start the game off, you're AJ Gale or AJ, and you're coming into the country of Kirat, which is his home country. And as you're coming into the country, the Royal Army stops you, takes your passports, shoots pretty much everyone on the bus. 
You're introduced to Pagan Men, who's the main antagonist of the game, played by Troy Baker. And the reason you're coming into the country is you want to scatter your mother's ashes, who's from there, and kind of put her to rest back in her home country. It was like her dying wish. And then throughout the rest of the game, as you kind of get set off on your journey after finding out that Pagan Men's kind of a terrible guy and is torturing your buddies. Kind of a terrible guy. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's kind of kind a little of bit. A He's kind guy. of a dictator. He's a dictator over the country, and there's a group called the Golden Army or Golden, Golden Path. Path. Yep, Golden Path, which is kind of in its own upheaval between uh, two leaders of that being Sabal and Amida. And you find out that the Golden Path was actually started by your father. So you're kind of forced to choose between who you want to follow in that as you're trying to free the country of Karat from Pagan's evil wrath. And the rest of the game kind of takes you up through that point until you uh, either kill or let live Mr. Min. So I think the big choice that you go through throughout the game and you actually get to pick it four or five, four or five times is who did you want to be more loyal to, well, you, Amita or I think Saval, you actually right? really get to pick it only seemed like yeah. there was only like two or three that really mattered. Like the other ones were kind of just like, oh, okay, things happen. Yeah, sure. So there was like there was the missions where you're going through the game, and it's just the missions that propel you through the critical path, and then you get to those like inflection points where it's a golden path story mission, and you have to choose whether to side with Sabal or Mita, which I thought was actually kind of cool because they did give you a different mission to play. So even though you were making a choice, it did actually impact the gameplay that immediately followed it. Although the overarching impact to the storyline ends up to be kind of negligible in my opinion i I was reading about that because you pick one and then you get that is kind of like how this story it helps to kind of make a story ending uh and i was reading how like the difference and it doesn't really make that much of a difference so it was kind of like eh. so when i went through the first mission amita was totally in this i don't care about people i just care about the intel and so i was like oh there's no way of course i care about the people so i went with sabal after that initial choice i just kept going with sabal out of inertia no real reason and then by the end the sabal choice felt super like chauvinistic like because i was (laughs) picking sabal that meant i hated all women i was like what well both choices sucked let's get let's let's just clear that up i i I did much like you will i I started out with sabal but then after like the second or third mission you could switch again and i switched to amita and that was by the the time you get to the mission where you have the um opium den or something yeah it's it's, oh, yeah, it's the yeah. building and you, to, you can either blow it up or you can go inside and like capture it right so then you can either use the drugs for like, wealth of the country yeah, or just blow burn it, it all to the ground because yeah, you yeah. want to be you know <clears throat> good yeah and like the previous mission was like capture an opiate farm and i did that and i just burned it but then you know like i mean it's like oh why did you know you should have you know do you realize that we need money and i'm like I'm like, yeah, you know, like, and I understand, like, our modernization, and Zabal's kind of just back in the backwards thinking of, like, she was even, Amita was saying, like, oh, I was already engaged by when I was, like, six years old, and, but then Zabal's like, oh, she, you let her talk her into that story, huh? So I actually did it, so I went with Amita, and then I had her for a while, and then the final one was, like, choose who you want to lead, and I was like, but Amita's like, oh, I just want to basically destroy everything and fuck everybody, and I'm like, well... I don't agree, agree with Sabal's way of thinking, but you're just saying to kill everything and burn this temple down, which means a lot to these people, and 
I'm like, uh, they both sucked, and then I pick Sabal, and then Sabal's like, oh, go kill Amida, and I'm like, fuck this. Uh. So I ended up not killing her, by the way. I also didn't kill her, although that was the mission I was sent on. What, what yeah. did you end up picking for these big choices, Craig? <laughs> I'm trying to recall now. I was trying to think back to, um, yeah, I ended up, I, I didn't kill her. I... Oh, so you went with Sabal? No, too. no, I did kill her. I uh, walked straight into that cabin and I shot her. It, it was she went down. Like, I fuck you. Remember that? Boom. Yeah, I fucking I destroyed everyone in her camp. Walked in there and she was like, "What you wanted?" And I'm like, "Goodbye," and kind of went, you know, gat 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 on her. Yeah, but, I, um, I didn't like that. How it? I mean, I liked how it gave you the choice where you can go. I didn't like that it forced you to kill the people in the camp too, because I didn't want to kill them either. I was like, they didn't do anything. I'm like. But the, but you had to like you, you didn't yeah. it, they killed you and yeah there's you couldn't, not really a lot of options which I was like uh it kind of annoyed me I was I just didn't and maybe that was their they intended to make you feel yeah, uncomfortable kind of thing yeah like no matter what choice you were gonna make was gonna be you were gonna get crapped on yeah you're gonna get blood on your hands no matter what you do right um, like there's not there's not a way out of this that's gonna be clean and actually, without some she uh, even in there she's like says something about how you're the only one who ever pulls triggers around yeah her. i like that line she's like yeah yeah because she's like oh i i, I kind of figured it's a ball would send you and sure enough i you're was the guy that goes out on all those missions you're the one that they keep sending out to take care of business i kind of wish somebody had picked amita because i wanted to see what i assumed she probably would have had you go kill Sabal because i'm guessing that's the way they they did it like no matter who you picked you were going to have to kill the other person yeah, you have to have, like, a black and white solution, right? Like, you're not going to have one of them just hanging out there trying to undermine the other one, although that could make for an interesting side story. So speaking of walking in and shooting the goo, that's pretty much how you handled Pagan, right, Brian? Oh, fuck him, yeah. I, that's I, I went in there, pop, right in there. <laughs> like, as soon as he started talking? Wait, did you shoot him at the table? Oh, yeah, hell yeah, man. Fuck him. Oh, I did Oh, no, I, I let him speak. I let him spew that rhetoric, spew oh. that colorful language. Well, I let him talk, like, I let him talk, and then it's like, okay, you can either kill me or let me go. And then I was like, okay, boom, you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> but I let him, like, you know, say, like, oh, if you let me live, I'll tell you why your mom wanted to come here, and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay, sure, boom, fuck you. Me, I was... What'd you end up doing, Will? I was kind of paralyzed by indecision. I was like, I don't know what to pick. And then because I'd waited so long, he's like, oh, you're going to let me live, huh? And I was like, I, I guess so. <laughs> and then then I was like, oh, shit. Did I just pick the option where I'm going to t team up with Pagan now? That's kind of shitty. That would have been a cool ending if you did. And then he just flew away in the helicopter. I'm like, well... That? You let him fly away? Yeah, he just took <laughs> oh, off. Oh, come on, man. Like, yeah. Will's got a girl up I, here. <laughs> what did, um... It as ended the same way, point, basically. You, yeah, I saw him, like, get in the helicopter, and they set it up so well, whereas he comes flying around the edge of the mountain and kind of, like, loops back around in front of you. I'm just standing there with a big-ass gun in my hand, and I'm like, well, here's my turn for revenge, and just blew up the helicopter. And oh, that's a good one, too. All right, I like that one. Interesting. Yeah, that was, I was like, I feel like I got the best of all worlds, because I was kind of like you. I was like, did I just let him off the hook? And then when they gave me that option and the gun was back in your hand, I was like, nah, he's going down. Interesting. And that was the demise of Pagan Men. So that's pretty much Far Cry 4. While we're on the topic of Pagan, he was a... Uh... <laughs> A pretty snappy dresser and a smooth talker. What, what did you think about Pagan in general, Brian? 
he's an interesting character. Yeah, so he he has the what would you call a collar like fuchsia almost a uh, kind of suit that he from head to toe and he's probably got, mauve, but I don't actually know what color mauve is. <laughs> uh, and he's got the you know the uh, slicked white hair and uh, you know so he's yeah he makes it good interesting you know like. There was the, the, the joke that, um, you know, when people would just see this trailer or just see, like, because you just see the picture of him, you didn't really know. People always assumed, oh, he's a must be a, a, a gay character. And he even makes the joke during the game. He's like, oh, you know, he's talking because he has, there's a radio that AJ has and he has direct, you know, Pagan has a, a line to it. And he's like, oh, you know, you know, because the whole part of the story is that um, Pagan and your mom had a thing. Mm-hmm. So, and he oh, really right. liked the mom. So he's trying to get you on his side because you're kind of like the last connection to the mom. So you know he keeps, he's like, oh, you know, as you know, even though people may you know think of me as a certain way by the way I dress and the way I talk, I can assure you that I am very much into women. You know, it was an interesting character. I don't think it was like a, a superb villain. I thought he was kind of interesting at in points. There were a bunch of missions with his fashionista or, or his fashion designer or yeah whatever. well the fashion designer like leaves oh, and that's and, the, and then it becomes side missions where you can um you have to kill um each type of animal but like it's like a super version of that animal and you get a skin and that's how you can make different things like the final your, levels or something yeah the final crafting level of each of your things like one of them's like a bigger pouch you can hold more money one's like a bigger Think you can hold more bullets and yeah, you get. I mean, all sort bigger wallet, yeah, like an alligator wallet or whatever, and all that type of stuff that you get from it. So, based on how he dresses, though, I think it's interesting just from a how antagonists are typically perceived in a video game, right? Like usually they're not this brightly colored eccentric yeah. guy unless you're the Joker. And even that, he you has just don't dull purples. <laughs> right. So, I mean, it's interesting to at least have them present a, a character that's. I don't know if flamboyant's the right word, but maybe that is. Yeah. Flamboyant's probably yeah. the right word. Yeah. Right yeah, word. actually, I was going to say it might be actually the perfect word in how he revels in the glory of the destruction of the town as well. I mean, at certain instances, he kind of gets down to recognizing that things aren't all glorious, but he really does quite enjoy himself. Earlier, when we were talking about how we handled him at the end, I don't know if either of you guys did any bell towers after he was gone. No, I did all of them before. That's interesting. The vo- the lady's voice on the radio, who beforehand she's you know like, do, don't mess with the towers. Pagan Ben will be very mad if you mess with our towers. That voice. Hold on, hold on. Before she- you, I, w- I want to say, I, I, um, the convoys still go after you kill him. So, and the voice is in the convoy too. And I'm thinking, I know what you're going to say. So I want to I wanna let you go ahead and say it. Because I think the convoy says the same things as the towers. Yeah, so the lady goes, changes to, Pagan has left us, he will return, things along that line. Don't take our towers because he is going to come back and oh. going to be upset. And so I was wondering if that's because I let him live? Yes, I think so, because what I had is from the convoy huh. was... The convoy, you know, it's the same lady, and you, you would always get, like, when the convoys come around, like, before he would, you know, it would always be the same thing. Like, oh, Pagan Man is blah, 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 in control, and the Golden Path are bad, and, you know, fuck the Golden Path. Yeah, and, just the propaganda. Yeah, so after after you died, the convoy would say, because I had all the bell towers, but the convoy would say, there are rumors that Pagan of Pagan Man's demise, but these are just false rumors provided by the Golden Path. He is very much in control. 
So I feel like some of that was part of the same thing. I'm not. I'm not sure if. So I'm guessing that maybe you got when they were saying oh, he'll come back was maybe because you let him live, whereas I got like oh the rumors of his demise because I actually killed him. Hmm. Uh, yeah, That's interesting. I'm, it's I'm kind of interesting if how they have uh, some of those gameplay mechanics or just the way that they use the systems in the game to continue to tell that story even with him not there. I'm one of those obsessive compulsive people. So as I'm clearing the map, I'm clearing the map like as I'm unlocking oh, stuff. So yeah, like by the time I, I <laughs> yeah, by the time I get to the end, I'm like, welp, there's no battle towers left, and I've done most of the other stuff the that I was interested in doing. That's that's the one I had. It. Mm. That's the one I had left. And you can technically do it before you beat Pegamin, but the you know obviously they're a lot harder with before you kill the um, you know there's the four main villains with Pagan being the fourth. So I, I actually had to clear the fourth mi- fortress to get the hundred percent. I think it's interesting. I, I especially with a lot of Assassin's Creed, I typically play it that way. But yeah. this time I wasn't really in the mood for it, so I mostly mainlined this game. And it was f- interesting talking to Brian. Brian picked it up like a week before I did and then I was getting right about to the point where I was beating the game and Brian was just getting to the north half of the the map I was like dang (laughs) (laughs) it's amazing how much time you can spend doing everything that's not part of the story yeah we should we should should perfect segue into the open world of this of this game which is the whole point of the whole point of the more the story is it's almost pathetically useless like who the fuck cares it's a dictator you're going to the open world is what really makes this game the emergent systems as they might say yeah like what did you like about the open world you could do practically anything and it was just fun like you're going around you can open treasure chests you can do all these side quests you can just go around randomly killing things there's all these animals and they're all the exotic animals and it's like I know like the whole point of it like which is interesting because people are like oh you know Oh, you're killing all these endangered animals. That's really bad video. But the reason the developers put these in the game is to show how bad it is to kill. It brings to people's attention about people killing these type of animals. But it's still fun as hell to do. Like there was one point where I took, you know, you, you can have a mortar, and you can you have the over the top <laughs> down view. All the mortars. And I was like, I wonder what the hell. You know, there was an elephant walking. I'm like, I wonder what the hell happens if I shoot my mortar at the elephant. <laughs> the elephant. Boom! Sure enough. Fucking blue. The joy of running into a rhinoceros while you're walking through the wilderness. Yeah, incidentally enough, killing an elephant, you lose karma, so it's bad. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's just fun. You can do all these things. You can just go wherever you want, do whatever you want. And that was more exciting than the game story itself. I mean, I really thought the game, the mainline game, was secondary to the open. They do have fast, fast tracks, so you can move from point to point. But... Still, I'm 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 a typical. I I will just mostly travel anyways, like by foot or whatever. And once you got the, the there's a you know the skill upgrades. There's the um the lion, the tiger, sorry, the tiger and the elephant. And one of the, the last ones on the tiger one is the infinite run, so you never get tired. Once you get that, it was so smooth too going on the um the open world because you could just continue running. You could run anywhere, and you never got to a point where you got tired. It was it's perfect. You really have to pay a lot of attention to. A point you hit on there was that there's a fast travel system in the game, but you chose not to use it. And I think that goes to the strength of the design of the open world, which is something that might not get as much credit as deserves. Because to create a world that's that fun to traverse and have activities to do, 
and not want to just skip right past it is yeah. quite a feat I mean, in I mean, itself, especially really one that it, large. But at points, I was just like, I like to just travel on those lab points where I'm like, okay, I might as well just walk here. I can travel over there, but it's fast travel, but close or whatever. Or in the path I'm going to like clear this, 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 and this, I might as well just travel instead of, you know, fast travel. Yeah, the open world was just, oh god it was and it's a first person open world you know will was mentioning assassin's creed before but that's your third person so it was you know it's so interesting getting the first i was person. gonna ask you about that i was wondering if part of why i don't think i really fell head over heels for this one was because of the first person the other part is that i like a lot about the assassin's creed stuff is the parkour and the ability to feel like i was naturally flowing through the environment and that one i didn't yeah. i mean the helicopter made that a little the gyrocopter yeah i thought that i was going to be able to jump out of the gyrocopter on top of one of the bell towers at one point i thought oh man that's totally broken and then it didn't work (laughs) ended up falling to my death (laughs) it can work you just have to be careful how you do it i've done things like that but you have to be careful the systems aren't in place for you to jump out and like just grab onto a ledge right it's not no it's not built in that type of way where you do get that type of fluidity from an assassin's creed game yeah the parkour is very limited there are parts where you can like grab the ro- the, the parts where they have the ropes on the rocks or on the buildings and you can grab that and but it's very very small i mean like rogue did nearly the same thing with its climbing this time so uh, yeah, I mean, maybe i'm rose colored glasses back to a that, better assassin's creed of yore but it's something that they could <laughs> add you gonna pick assassin's creed 3 is that what you're going for I, there's one of them Okay. I was like, well, there's an interesting throw line there is that Alex Hutchinson, who directed Assassin's Creed 3, directed this as well. Yeah, it's Ubisoft, so it makes sense. I'd be interesting to see if they did some kind of parkour in the future with it, because I think Dying Light did a pretty good... I haven't really played it, but I've seen people play it, and people were very kind of impressed with the parkour and that, and that is a first-person... That's also a first-person perspective, so... But then again, in, in this type of environment... Okay, Assassin's Creed's open world, but you're, for the most part, traversing these buildings. And a lot of the openness is the building itself. So you're really still confined to a small... This was really open. You were going through swaths of land. And there wasn't all that many places you could really parkour anyways. I mean, there's some of the fortresses, some of the um, outposts that you could have, but I don't know if it was enough places that you could have done that. I don't know what it is, what I think that made me less interested in doing it in this game than I have before. Like, another one that I was really into was the Lego Marvel, which, Mm. for that one, it was the ability to just jump in the Iron Man suit and fly all over the place. It just made that whole world really cool. And I don't know, I mean, maybe I just was cranky when I was playing this game. I just missed something. Want, want that Saints Row 4 ability where you just say screw Fly. it and you start flying around. The open world for me I was trying to think of how I would compare it to something and I was thinking back to you remember the old Mercenaries games? Did you guys play those at all? Not me. Back Not me. on oh man there's PS2 there's one on PS3 I believe but they're just large sandboxes to blow stuff up and that's kind of what i ended up doing as i'm going across the countryside there's these beautiful serene environments and i'm just wrecking shop as i'm traveling through them or pulling out a bow and arrow and trying to go quietly and take out the wilderness and then all of a sudden you end up getting charged by a rhinoceros that just comes out of the middle of nowhere and you're like what the 
just happened. Do you have any other interesting stories that developed as part of the emergent gameplay, Greg? The best one that I had that came from it actually came from a co-op experience that I was having with this. I was playing with my brother. It was on a separate PS4. We were actually going after one of the fortresses. And I know, obviously, they're more difficult until you get past certain points of the game, right? We just ignored that entirely. So we, uh, as we came up on it, we were both riding elephants. And we're coming up on one of the ones in the (laughs) south area. And all of a sudden, the top left corner, you know, you get the little pop-up. And it's like, hey, there's mines here. You should probably come back when it's less difficult. And right as I see that... I hear my brother explode and get thrown <laughs> off an elephant in front of me. And I was like, what the hell just happened? I love him shaking his like, head behind you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, sure enough, right when I hear that and see that, I'm turning the corner and going across a little grass field. I get blown off the elephant. Nice. And all of the alarms are going off on the fortress at this point. So now they're starting to shoot at us. They start launching mortars. And Best I'm like, well, ever. <laughs> there goes any silent entry. And generally, when I'm approaching those, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go in or take out this outpost or yeah, this fortress. Yeah, I did everything silent. Exactly. All four fortresses I did without an alarm, without getting noticed or an alarm. That's the the gameplay I have, and yet he's going just balls out. Just start shooting grenade launchers, machine guns, just going straight up the front <laughs> door, and I'm like, well... Uh, so much for that. <laughs> yep, there goes that plan. All right, so let's just start launching stuff. And next thing I know, I'm running through the middle of the fortress, and then a mortar goes off next to me, and I'm like, the hell just happened? And sure enough, he's sitting up on top, mortaring me. I'm like, god damn it. <laughs> <laughs> he's mortaring you. <laughs> nice. Nice. And those were, those. were that's like the experience that, that exemplified the time that I ended up having with it. Like, it was those types of moments where just everything goes to hell and you're like i i don't even know what just happened but that was incredible i had a similar one so so mostly i tried to stealthily do a lot of these you know i i did stealth completely stealth all the fortresses because i actually thought you got something from doing it with completely stealth but you don't Mm. but the outposts i also usually stealth but there was a couple that for whatever reason like the alarm would go off and i was just like oh fuck it but there was one i think one guy saw me and i was like oh i i saw a mortar and i just ran toward the mortar and all the guys started showing up because the alarm went off and I was just <laughs> blowing people to hell with the mortar. I was just like fire and mortar, you know, change 20 degrees to the right, fire again, 20 degrees <laughs> to the right. And I just had like a 360 of mortars and it was just complete fire and smoke. Raining and the whole, fire. Yeah. And all the guys were just dead. And I was, and then like I beat the fortress just by using a mortar. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is so great. Or there was another one which I kept telling Will about. Some of the Herc side missions were oh, really yeah. fun. And there's the one where you, you free an elephant. And he's like, I'll drive the, you know, let's get on the elephant and I'll drive and you shoot. And then you get, you get on the elephant and he gets on the elephant and you're not moving anywhere. And he's like, and AJ's like, I thought you were driving. He's like, oh, no, man, I can't drive. You drive. <laughs> so and you, you shoot. Yeah, and you shoot. Yeah. they say both? Yeah. Yeah. So you have to do both, and it, you know, which is fine because that's what you normally do anyways. But it's just funny. like That's what you normally do, ride elephants and shoot guns. Yeah. You live I mean, an exciting life, do. my friend. In the game. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean you don't really do in the game. Um, but, yeah, like, but it's just funny because like, you're riding this elephant, and he's like, oh, go here. And you just run the elephant, and you have like your your weapon so like i have like the small like the sidearm grenade launcher which is awesome because you can it counts as a sidearm weapon but it's a grenade launcher yeah i think so it's perfect just like ba-dum, 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 you know just firing the grenades you're just blowing cars up blowing people up and you just run and then you're running the scraps over with the elephant and it was just like pure pure enjoyment 
Those are the moments where everything starts to click. Yeah. I really liked Herc 2, only for some reason, I got I saw him in the one mission where he shows up and he's like, man, let's go kill the Golden Path. And the guy's like, we are the Golden Path. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Uh, but I, I feel like that's the only time I saw him. I, I assume you saw him a bunch more because you platinumed it, right, Greg? Uh, I mean, I saw him a little bit more, but the... The main points where he came up was, uh, I mean, he introduces, and he actually is the one that unlocks co-op for you, which is interesting that yep, you can't a- just start the game in co-op. You have to play a good, probably an hour or so, and then you run to Herc, and it's like, hey, co-op's unlocked, and that's who your co-op partner is. Yes, they Herc, play, what, when yeah, when he plays Herc and when he plays AJ. Oh. Which is an interesting conceit, so you're not two AJs running around the world together, right? And then, yeah, you see him a couple other times, but most of his yes. stuff is relegated to more side missions. Do you pick when you join, or...? Yeah, one person joins, and they are Herc, and then one person is the main person. Huh. Because there's actually achievement, you know, one of, the, one of them is liberate an outpost as Herc. So you actually have to play as Herc, so yeah. Yeah, you have to make sure you join in the right way. And there's some other fun stuff that... There was some ones that I enjoyed from those that they made you do certain actions, right, that you might not normally do. So, yeah. like, I didn't even realize that you were, could carjack from another car. Like, you jump across and take yep. out the driver and then throw him out of it. I did that. I saw the, I the did trophy that, description. I think I did that in one of the Herc missions. So, there's, like, a couple of Herc missions, like, you know, the side missions. And one of them was, like, you're driving. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was. Because it's, it's the one where, it, like, he calls you up and he's like, Oh man, I need help again. And then he's just like, "What? You get caught again in in the cage?" No, man, no, no, no. I'm on this. I'm, I'm in this truck with this guy, and I'm trying to steal it to find the monkey uh, statue. And um, <laughs> but if the but if the truck goes below fifty, then it oh, yeah. it blows up. And he's just like, "Yeah, I think that was a, the plot of a movie, man." He's like, "No, no, man. I swear this is original." <laughs> and then like, yes, yeah, so I got in a car. I actually did that because I, I, you have to kill the guy who's driving and then take over driving it. I actually did the, the that thing that Craig was just talking about where you can hijack a car from another car. Speaking of people who are on drugs, what you guys think about uh, Yogi and... Yogi and Boo-Boo? Boo-Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Yogi and Reggie, but I was just really Mr. Oh. Mr. Reggie? I always call him Yogi. Uh, what did you think of those missions? Crazy ass. <laughs> just tripping balls and tripping oh, acid. God. The, the worst did you play all of them i finished all of those missions oh uh, how about the one with the those. the one at the end where you're going like you're you're jumping you're like you're falling down and then <laughs> and you're, you're like jumping up yeah and then it was like oh fuck. the ground is on uh, it looks like some bad escher painting yeah, yeah you're totally <laughs> on some fucked up acid or something man. the thing i don't get is aj knew after the first definitely after the second time they were gonna run, walk up to him with the stuff and I didn't I don't understand what the point of those missions well, were it's weird because it's supposed to be that you do the mission and then you learn how to get the, you know there's the syringes that can give you the special abilities like uh-huh. the, there's the one where you can breathe longer underwater there's the one where you can see hunting animals there's each of those is one of those missions so when they inject you you have one of those abilities 
So you get one of the uh, higher... Is it? But the thing is, you can unlock those abilities without playing those missions. If they were rewards for those, that would have made far the, more sense. They are. Me. Like, if you play the mission, you do get that syringe, but you can also get the syringe just by unlocking it through uh, the regular unlock mechanism in the... El- that That's part of the elephant path on the, on the elephant side of the, the extra. So, like, I started already upgrading those, so I already had these things unlocked by the time I was doing these Yogi and Reggie missions, but... Technically, that's where you get them and you learn about it because that's why they would say after the first one they're like, you know, because the first one you just saw the animals like you were in the cave with the bears, but you could see them like more easily. And they're like, yeah, isn't the ability you have much cooler? And he's like, yeah. And they're like, well, if you want to learn more stuff, just come back. And that's why you technically come back. Ah, uh, I totally missed that part. And doesn't Ajay kind of get into the conceit of it also? Like after the first time, he he kind of makes those audio cues where he's like, "Oh come on, again," or something like that. Yeah. Or, yeah, the, I, I might as well enjoy it this time. I, like, it I, I didn't get second. why he would keep going and letting them do I that. Was, That's what. I like the second or third one. He was like, "Yeah, this isn't doing anything, my guys." And they're like, "You've probably built up a tolerance for it by now." And they hit him with a syringe. <laughs> one of the things that I had forgotten about: there is a crazy ass mission right before Yuma I think it's like there's like an intermission or there's it's Sec- like the, before the chapter the first marker. and second act you're talking about the Willis stuff no 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 you get uh, I think Yuma takes you up into the hills and the prison on the mountain the, yeah the one that's like straight out of Game of Thrones yeah <laughs> that's the one after Willis b- double crosses you he, he, he's like, oh, have fun with you when he kicks you out of the plane. And then that's where they capture you and you bring the, they bring you to the prison. That's the intermission between Act 1 and 2. Okay. Up in the Himalayas. But yeah, the whole part where you are... I, I think it might actually be the same guy, the same bad guys from Shangri-La, but you're trying to find a way to remake your... Grappling hook. Grappling hook. That thing kind of freaked me out. Yeah, that was another one of those guys, one of the sh- like the hallucinating shaman guys, because you're she drugs you again. She hits you with the <laughs> her own version, right? And you're just staring out into the wilderness, and yeah. you got all kind Thousand of crazy, quasi sexual with Yuma while you're. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, ah, <laughs> it's a little weird. But speaking of those crazy shaman dudes, what do you guys think about Shangri La? So I have one bone to pick with Shangri La. It's that they covered it in the preview coverage. So I'd seen pieces of oh, it really? the trailers and just kind of that the red world that it created. So I knew something was coming and I wish Interesting. and maybe it's my own volition by watching and reading up on the preview that I could have had that experience just from nothing. Just all of a sudden you go through it and you just wake up in that world without any preconceived notion that that was going to be there i did not see the only trailer i saw was the e3 trailer which was basically liberating an outpost yep that's all i see so i didn't see shangri-la i had i did have the non no preconceived notion of it going in it was okay it was like uh i was just pointless and nothing that's about really... where i was feeling what did you think that you might have gotten out of it that you didn't get so i thought and this is kind of vain because it was just the it was the artistic direction that I found really interesting with the world that it was created within Shangri-La. And I thought that it would be a more striking moment to kind of transport yourself into that just kind of red world with the white tiger as you kind of come into it versus having some of that idea that's going to be there. So I think it was it was mainly from that perspective of uh, how much of a tonal shift it was 
I, I perceived that it was going to be. The thing that really freaked me out when I was in Shangri-La is there. Oh, you one... did Shangri-La. I think you didn't I, do Shangri-La. I did one. You're forced to do at least one of them. Of them. Oh yeah, that's right. If you do one of the yogi things, they they tell you about where where the where you can find the first the first um, map. That's the one. Yeah, I it's when did. you go to your uh, to your homestead the first time where your father Mohan lived, yeah. right? Um. And they kind of send you on that, and that's when you're introduced to it. But the thing that really freaked me out is there's one part toward the end of one of them where you are running up, and there's these giant statues, and as you run up, the statues turn and look at you really quick. It's like, <laughs> holy shit! <laughs> I don't know what it was about that. The, the statues looking at me just freaked me out. Just like, are these going to attack yeah, me next? Like, uh, what the hell is going on? I liked that they kind of gave you different ways of fighting... Then normally, normally mm-hmm. you have guns or your stealthy knife, but in Shangri-La, you know, you start out, the first thing is you have the nice stealth kills, which are the same, but you also yeah. have the tiger, and you can have the tiger attack. Uh, then it goes into where you get a bow, and you can do the long-range bow, and, and that's kind of cool because they have one where it does the slowdown, so you can start picking guys off with the bow. Then you can there's increasing ones where you can fire a burst bow, so you fire three arrows instead of one. Then you get, like, the next one, you get, like, the elephant so I liked how they added things, and it was kind of changing the way you you fight. You have to use a tiger and rely on yeah, an ally and you, almost. And like, there's one, yeah, there, and there's like, there's like the flame uh, enemy where you actually have to have the tiger distract him, and then you have to go stealth kill him. So yeah. games can't do swimming well, and subsequently they can't do flying well because flying is really just swimming, but you're above ground and it's not work. In Shangri La, they have this thing where you, they won maybe two of the missions where you actually have to you touch this i guess it's supposed to be some kind of like air stream thing and you can fly but the controls are so bad and the way you're moving and if you touch like even the slightest part of the uh, slide of a rock you're instantly done doing it over and over this is so bad why do you make me do this you still can't in 2015 figure out how to make swimming or you know again in this case just flying flying swimming air air swimming realistic or some kind of close to semblance of something so why do you put it in there if you can't do it just leave it out it did you didn't need it it wasn't something that i was like oh my god this was you know if you didn't have this in this mission or in the game it was you were taking something away you didn't need it did you have problems with the wingsuit yeah no, I, was the wingsuit bring up that okay. wingsuit I was okay with the wingsuit wingsuit was a little different because most of the wingsuit you were just basically gliding Whereas that, yeah. you were kind of like, you had to, it was more like swimming. And the swimming was annoying too, because like there were parts where you're trying to get under the rock and you have to keep wait, you keep pushing the, the controller so you can get under the rock because it keeps wanting to run you into the rock. And underwater, you run out of breath, even with the extended syringe. So you eventually yeah. have to come back up and then do it over again. Well, you were going to mention about the wingsuit. I was curious, did you guys use the wingsuit before it's introduced in the mission where you're forced to use it after uh, Willis to kind of yes, jump I, out I of the plane and catch him? Yes, I actually bought the uh, upgrade that, that you can buy it. You can buy, you can either just wait till you get it there and, yep. you know, like most guns too, you can either just wait till they're unlocked or you can just buy them early and money's so easy, especially getting all the treasure chests. I bought it. I bought it, but even... By the time I had to do it for the mission, I still didn't... I mean, it, I failed that trying to jump and catch the plane like 20 times trying to figure out what the <sighs> hell they were trying to get me to do. Oh, I, that was pretty- Jump off of the buggy and then use the wingsuit to catch the plane. Like, I, yep. I didn't... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what my <laughs> mental block was there, but that took me <laughs> so many tries. 
That just how wasn't did, working for you. How did you do with the wingsuit? So when they just forced you to do the wingsuit, that thing was really cool. Because then it felt like... You remember that scene in Brothers where you're both on the hang glider? Yeah. That's kind of what oh, yeah. it felt like to me. Well, do you use the hang glider in this game? Because there's a hang, there are hang gliders in the game. Oh, yeah. I there are hang the hang gliders. They were okay. Oh, they were just... The coolest thing, I think, is that you can use the suit. There's actually one... Like, they have, like, these races, and it's like... You meet this woman and she's like, you know, the Kirat version of like a Hollywood agent. And she's like smoking and she looks like she's 60, but she's like, you know, in her 30s or 40s. And we're going to make movies and we'll make you a movie star. And you can do these races where you you race around on these vehicles. And one of them, like you actually have to, you're on the ATV and you run off this like path and it, it puts you on this ramp. So you basically jump off of the ATV and use the wingsuit to continue all the way in the air with the wingsuit to another part of the checkpoint of the race and i think that i thought that was cool and you can do that with other vehicles too like the you know if you're in the glider or whatever you can jump and then use the wingsuit to continue which i thought was you know an interesting way of moving and then you you know you also eventually get the parachute so you can parachute and then you can close the parachute back into the wingsuit which i didn't understand how that worked but it was still cool that you could do it that's a suspend belief like yeah i'm like how how would you be able to Take the parachute and package it back in, but okay, sure, it's cool that you're... So. You're riding elephants and shooting guns. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to worry about repackaging the yeah. parachute. We're talking about the wingsuit in the context of the last mission for Willis Huntley, I think we said his name was, yeah? Yeah, Something Willis, like yeah. The returning character from Far Cry 3. How oh, is he? The only one. <laughs> Brian, why did you hate Willis? <laughs> How could you not hate Willis? He's a dick. He fucked you over, man. You, he's telling you, like, oh, you know, you, you, you do all this stuff. I'll uh, I'll get you through this. You're thinking you're helping him. You're going to free him. And then he's like, oh, fuck you. I was just using you. And he boots your ass out of the plane and says, have fun with you. Man. And he it was kept so CIA What a me. dick. Or like... Though he had one of the best lines in the whole game. Let me pull it out here. So you're Let me pull it out all here, CIA to you, Mr. Oh. Mr. Will. He's just totally interfering with the political whatever going on <laughs> with some other political country. Climate. Yeah. Had no business being there for the most part. Had his hands dirty in the middle of all the political uprising, just assassinating people, doing all kinds of crazy nonsense. It was playing both sides. Yeah, exactly. Selling. If I remember right, the whole thing you were doing was killing the people that he had hired to do stuff for him earlier, right? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you were you were, you were you were the mop up guy. Yep, you were just cleaning. Uh, you know, like associate. <laughs> <laughs> or or that. That dumb impression that we've seen in a bunch of different kinds of movies like that. It's like the caricature of what a CIA agent would be. Yeah, exactly. It actually might be truer to life, though, than we think. You got the quote? Uh, Just kill everybody and let God sort the bodies. It's the American way. (laughs) (laughs) I love that line. (laughs) And I was thinking, that's awesome. Because, you know, AJ is... His parents are Kirati, but his, his mom left with him. So he's grown up in America. So he's an Americanized, you know, like uh, Kirati. So he doesn't know anything about his culture. So he, but he knows American stuff. So it's just funny the way Willis is like, yeah, just kill, kill everybody and let God sort the bodies. That's the American way. And it's like, oh, okay. And he starts, you just start killing people. He was so America. Uh, fuck yeah. Yeah, just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Little social commentary thrown in for good humor. Yeah. How was Willis a part of Far Cry 3? 
The same guy, the swarmy asshole in the CIA. <laughs> yeah, give us a little background. He's like, not too much like, like a spoiler. Yeah, give us a little, like, how does this compare to the other ones? Oh, man. That is a that is a big box to unravel. Willis specifically, if we want to look at Willis in Far Cry 3, he was actually a very similar character in how he's introduced and how he's used as well hmm. as being a CIA guy that's in the middle of affairs kind of messing with you. But if you're looking at comparing the series and the evolution of where it's come from to where it is currently. I mean, you look back at Far Cry 1, which was Cry Team game before the rights were bought by Ubisoft and one of their kind of first games. And then Far Cry 2 was is a dramatic departure from what we are currently experiencing within Far Cry. So Far Cry 2 was on last generation of consoles. I hear some people say that that's one of their favorites, actually. Yeah, there, there's a lot yeah, of people I that... Heard a lot of people that- there's, there's a lot of mixed opinion. Either people kind of love it or hate it, it seems. And within that game, it's much more almost realistic. It's set in Africa also, so it's a much more browned out palette of colors. And the game, the main character actually in that game has malaria. So you're trying to, you're getting sick throughout the entire game and having to take medicine to try and keep yourself healthy. Wow. Uh, the guns and everything don't work very well. They jam all the time. They break down <laughs> and you have to find other guns. You're driving vehicles and your vehicle breaks down and you have to get out, repair the vehicle before you can get back in and continue it. <laughs> There's no fast travel. That's interesting. It, it, it's, just, it's just an entirely different thing. And then all of a sudden they went to Far Cry 3 slash 4 and they kind of transition into this expose of destruction and giving player choice to everything and saying be damned with all the other aspects of the kind of realistic and we're just going to give you all the tools and set you out and say go have fun and don't worry about this other stuff and speaking of far cry 3 and 4 they're the same game (laughs) like i mean there's there's definitely a lot of improvements but as far as how the world's laid out and kind of the progression, outposts are the same thing. You're still doing platforming sessions to get to the top to unlock and uncloud areas of the map. There's hang gliders are one of the main ways of uh, transitioning through the game, which Far Cry 4 obviously introduced the wingsuits that we were just talking about, which helped actually tremendous in how you uh, are able to traverse the land. But overall, I mean, the crafting, all of that stuff was present at foremost in Far Cry 3 as well. If you like Far Cry 4 and you want more of it, go back and pick up Far Cry 3. Did you feel like this game was kind of a a phone-in? When I played Rogue just recently, it looked like they were reusing all the same assets, it was nearly the same story, everything looked almost identical, and I was like, ah, they're just throwing this game out. Even though that's what I want, is more story in the same universe, it just felt so cheap. Did you feel any of that going into this game? I'm right at the edge, where they did enough with it, and actually I think co-op helped my enjoyment as well, but Far Cry 3 obviously set on an island with a lot of water, so there's not nearly as much verticality to the world that you're traversing. So the actual curette helped that by quite a bit, by just kind of being a different area. But if they go back to this well again, then it'll be one too many times. I think they can get away with using that blueprint and just overlaying it in a new world once. But again, if there's a Far Cry 5 that stays pretty much true to this exact blueprint, yeah, I, that'll be a harder pill to swallow. That's what I, all I've heard is that people saying that, like, oh, if you played Far Cry 3, it's just it's the same. 
But I'm like, okay, I've never it's played that. It's that on steroids. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I've never played that. So this game worked, per, you know, worked for me because it was my first yeah. entry into Fortnite. I agree with that. Like, if they go back, if 5 is more of the same, they're going, having heard these things, they would not. But then again, it's Ubisoft, and Assassin's Creed has been the same. That's the problem with Assassin's Creed is is, is they keep doing a lot of the same, and people are getting kind of burnt out know. on it, right? Yeah, I mean, they sell a lot, so they keep doing it. And basically, right. as long as they sell, they're going to do it. Vote with your wallet, and people still pay for the game, so they're still going to do it. You know, so I, I definitely wouldn't put it past Ubisoft to do it. Assassin's Creed gets a little bit more liberties, right? I mean, and Will, you can probably speak to that a little bit, because I know you have quite a bit of history with that franchise, I believe. By switching time periods, they can play with technology a little bit more, and kind of laying that same blueprint where... Staying in a modern time with Far Cry, I don't know if they get those abilities. They did more of that in in the early games, um, yeah, where they're starting to add like the hook blade and things like that. But in the last couple games, it's just all been the same stuff. I didn't have a problem with the modern. Like I didn't think that Far Cry suffered, or 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 I wouldn't have thought it would would have been any better the way they play out Far Cry's if they say they had. Like I think it works well, and it was a good choice as a modern thing um, versus making it more of like a historical thing. I felt like they already did a lot of things to kind of switch things up. You know, the drug missions, the Sangala, the there were a lot of yep. different aspects of what you were looking at and, and the worlds that you were running yeah. through as you were doing it. And it I helped keep the pace fresh yep. while you're going through it. And I like the sort of subtle things they did, like they had the uh, the DJ guy, DJ Robbie. Um, <laughs> he was cool. DJ Robbie, Radio Free Correct. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and I like the way he was, since it was modern, like they could make modern references. They're like, change is coming to Kirat. And I'm, and I'm not talking small change, I'm talking Obama level change. And <laughs> oh my god, I'm making references to current president. You know, Didn't he make a joke about the situation. Yeah, from Jersey Shore. Jersey Shore. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow, <laughs> deep cuts. Doesn't, um, oh, there's a fantastic Kanye West reference on Radio Free Karad as well, where he's like, I'm going to let you finish, but <laughs> oh, yeah. Radio Karad's the best radio station. Jay says, all the leopard print and blood and looks like somebody massacred New Jersey. And then the guy's like, what does that mean? He's like, oh, don't worry about it. You don't get it. So while we're on the subject of side missions, what else were you thinking? Well, yeah, I, I talked about the survival ones where you protect people from the animals. We, we had already mentioned the ones with the fashion week where you fight the animals to gain the, the crafting. We mentioned the Herc side missions. Oh, I think one Craig really wants to talk about is Longinus. Oh, boy. He's a Now group. that. <laughs> he, he was my second favorite guy behind Herc. I was going to say, if you're looking at the developers taking some liberties in how they like to portray different aspects. It's kind of interesting to see their take on religious fundamentalism mixed with a gun-toting rebel out to make money in the world of Karat that they live in. I just thought his kind of religious... how he presented himself whenever you ran into him as a character was just interesting. How the speeches he would give, almost a sermon-like speech yeah, he would before he Bibles. kind of go into it. Yeah, quoting the Bible, all that type of stuff. One too. of my favorite parts is he has some quippy little line and he's like, and that's from verse... That's not from any verse. I just made that shit up. Oh, at the Bible's end. not the only good book, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah like that was the last mission. He's like, oh, yeah. The, yeah. I, I like the way they presented him because, you know, he is this 
it's supposed to be this religious, like, I don't know if zealot's the right word, but he's this super religious guy, and you go and you're thinking, okay, okay, he's just this religious guy, and he's kind of crazy because he likes guns, and he's all about guns, and he relates the Bible to all about guns, and you're like, okay, he's just a little bit weird, but the whole, you know, everybody in Kirat's a little bit weird, so you just think about it. And then, after, I think it's like the second or third mission, you finally, like, you retrieve a diamond, a really huge, expensive diamond, and then he tells you the story that he used to be a drug lord, and these are his diamonds that he had. His blood diamonds? Would, yeah, his blood diamonds. And he got shot. And the bullet is what changed him into this kind of, I guess, affected his brain. And now he's this religious guy because he completely got altered from it. And now he's trying to make amends for all of it. So it's interesting that he's this religious guy only because of what happened. And he's not really this way from the beginning. And that was kind of an interesting little... Yeah, he's still not really reformed, though. I mean, he's clearly... Oh yeah, um, well, at least a- the way I took it is he's the guy he's hiding behind the Bible and using it as a way to justify the means. Yeah, oh, I mean yeah. he's still definitely got his carryover from his thing because he's all about the guns. I think it's an interesting piece to extrapolate into, you know, some things you see in modern culture. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, Longinus is all about them guns, boss. What did you think all about <laughs> them guns? Oh, the guns in the game. I want. I'm interested to see what you guys use. I basically, as soon as I got the first large machine gun. I just used that, and it was just, it was awesome. You just sit there, and you just mowing down. Eventually, I, I got, I forget what they call it. It's another large machine gun, but I think they call it the Shredder or something. It's one of the... Um, yep, the Shredder, which just way uh, overpowered, just obliterates everything. It's awesome. It's just like, the regular large machine gun, like, I could I could focus, and I could just take out guys, and I would just be like, blow one guy up, blow another guy But it was slow to reload, ineffective against vehicles. The Shredder, once you get that, you can literally decimate vehicles i could blow up helicopters didn't it have like 150 clip size or something oh it was it was like 400 yeah it was ridiculous it was i loved the large machine guns i loved i just loved that feeling like there were even the regular one like when i, I use that probably the most of the game because you don't get the shredder really till i think either you clear all the outposts or some or one of the things like that yeah it's some unlock i played most of the game with the highest level fully tricked out bow Really? Yelp, the reflex bow? Yeah. I, I did that yep. too. I used the bow, but only on like the hunting missions. Where I didn't really like the bow. I, yeah, I don't know. Even with the scope. What were your four weapons? I, I also used that handheld grenade launcher. There's something about the... Oh, uh, that, that, that was always my handheld weapon. Yeah, my handheld weapon was that. I had the, the large machine gun. I had a shotgun in case I ran out of ammo. And then usually my third one was the sniper rifle. And when you get the the one that it's loud, but it's the one that you know it's the really uh, high powered one, you can yeah, actually one sh- you can one shot kill these heavy guys. And that was awesome because then I could just kill everybody. I would just basically snipe a guy and then move forty five degrees <laughs> in a circle, snipe another guy, move forty five. They kept they could never find me. And like with the high caliber one, I could kill even the heavies. Whereas the uh, the lesser ones, you could you, you had to like you couldn't just one shot kill the heavies. Was this a case of quantity over quality or a mix of both? Because, I mean, when you look at how many weapons there were versus probably the ones you used or at least the ones I used, it, I mean, there were some weapons where I'm like, I don't think I ever used them throughout the entire game. Yeah, there was definitely weapons that I would have never... I think I ended up using a bunch of them only because, like, there's uh, the Fashion Week. Each one you had to use a specific type of weapon. And, oh, sure. Um, so some things I, I would... Like, there was ones like, oh, use assault rifle. So, like, I would take the most powerful assault rifle I have, but still, like, I'm like, I never used an assault rifle. <laughs> I actually finished well, the game with only three weapon slots. 
I didn't get my fourth weapon slot what? until like way towards the, after we <laughs> really? finished the game. Yeah. So did you always just have the handgun and then like the two primary the or the sidearm and the bow and, two and then basically whatever big ass weapon I would pick up as I was running through a mission. What about you, Craig? What were your weapons? The bow was my primary as well throughout the entire game. I freaking I just I love the feeling of it and this is one of the games that I think gets the bow right where it feels satisfying and not underpowered. I liked it um, better in Tomb Raider. Uh, Tomb Raider, yeah. I liked the bow in Shangri-La because I thought the the lineup, you know, what you're supposed to aim with, the reflex bow, is weird because it no, has, sure. like, the two things. And you're supposed to, like, oh, you're saying you're supposed to do, like, immediately. like, the middle, yeah. but it, like, didn't. Yeah, I replaced so that I was sight like, I don't like that, like. Yep. <laughs> But the one in Shangri-La had a really nice one I could line up and I could really pick people off in Shangri-La. But. It was like the wooden one. So I used the bow, and then I usually had... I always had that same grenade launcher. Yeah, just, that was just the boom. best hand... Like, because it did so much, but it, but it counts as a, a side weapon. Oh, the thing that I think was really interesting in this game, and we were talking about it a little bit when we talked about the order, that side mich- that, that little side handgun, I didn't realize for a while it has a minimum range. It... And I found that by if somebody's like really? standing right in front of you and you hit them, it just goes doom and like bounces off them. So huh. at first I thought that I had to like hit the ground around them, but then later sure. I was like, oh no, I can hit them straight on. I wonder what that's all about. And it really is if they're just standing too close to you. If you're standing too close to yourself, it won't go off. Really? Yeah. Huh. So if you like shoot the or try to shoot the ground right below you, it won't go off. I thought that was really interesting. It added a whole new aspect of how I had to think about using that particular weapon. Yeah. And I guess it kind of it plays its own checks and balance for that title. Because the guy that's right on you anyway, you're gonna blow yourself up. What kind of what kind of tactics? Will balls out of control. (laughs) Uh, You know, I got the the first thing I did was get all of the health options. Yeah, well, that's always the first in any game. Is just as soon as there's if there's a health upgrade, you go for it. And speaking of the health upgrades. The way you actually went about healing yourself, so the the, the big one was <laughs> shooting yourself with some heal, the magic healing serum, which I guess that's pretty cool if such a right. thing had existed. But for most of them, there were these really gruesome ways of repairing your what was that? Your left arm? Yep. You're poking bullets out of it. It, it can be either arm, and I've read that. It depends on what... It, I think it's a random thing that it decides. So what happens is when your first time you heal, you will heal one arm and then it will use that the rest of the game. But it can be random, I believe. That's crazy. I, I believe I remember reading that, that it just randomly depends and that is the one it's they... It's a will. random choice. It's a random, random choice. Yeah. Yeah, right? Or you're fixing, like, your broken wrist or something. He, like, pulls it and pops it into place or oh, yeah, all want... that type of stuff. The best I like was when he takes the twig and he uses that to pop out the bullet <laughs> in the arm. I'm like, how in the fuck would that ever work? Like, first of all, you have a gunshot wound. You put in a twig to the wound. How the hell would you even be able to, like, the pain of that? Like, and just... And he just randomly, like, pops it out like it's nothing. And then, like, okay, I'll continue on. The best is when a goddamn honey badger or a hawk is what attacks you, and then you pop a bullet on your arm, and you're like, yep, all right, sure. Yeah. Go for it. I hated those hawks, by the way. Oh, Oh, God, I I used to kill them, too. I'd get so annoyed, I would just take my shredder, and I would just... Just start Start spraying in the sky, spraying prey. I did that same thing for the fish, like those mutant fish, because I hated those, Mm. too. I'm like, oh, fuck those guys. 
I would just fill the lakes and more and rivers with like bullets. <laughs> Fish yeah. from Piranha 3D. But it's interesting the way that you heal because you don't pick up like little health. Like a lot of first-person shooter games, you don't pick up your little health packs. Health packs. You either have yeah, you have to harvest. Yeah, you either just have the health serum, or you just heal yourself, which only heals part of you each time. I mean, that you, there's an upgrade where how much you can heal two bars. I think you can have up to six bars of health, and you can heal two at one time. Um, it's the max health. I thought that was kind of interesting, because it was a tiny bit more realistic, like you're trying to fix yourself. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> at some point, there's one of them where like, you take a cigar or whatever, and it's cauterizable. Yeah, but I'm like... That guy's gonna have like the most scarred arm ever. The way like, how many times I've done that. It's very convenient burnt, that the burnt flesh by the end of the game. It's very convenient that the bad guys only shoot you in your left arm. That too. Yeah. Got <laughs> <laughs> to take some liberties. Wrapping that side up. Yeah. One of the things we wanted to talk about was the boss battles, and I'm a little bit fuzzy on what Black actually off. happens <laughs> for quote unquote boss battles in this game. I appreciate that so, we have to wonder what were the boss battles in this game. So cause... you have four bosses. There is Paulo Deplore, and he is a U.S. He's a guy from U- from the United States, and I don't know if he's in the Secret Service or the CIA no. or something. He's in one of those like he was government- totally a business guy. No, he was in some kind of government thing because that's how he got over there. I thought it was a yeah. I thought. I don't know. Maybe he was just. I just either way, his either, relationship with his daughter. I thought that was yeah. Really cool. Well, that's a, the thing. Like he's his family thinks he's this guy that just is an upstanding U.S. citizen, but really he's making all his money by being this pagan, one of pagans, drug lords, uh, mercenary more or less. And you meet another one of his his people, who's Nor, who's this woman, and she's running his arena for pagan, and Nor is forced to do that job because her family was kidnapped by pagan men and paul has her family she works with you and says okay look i'm doing this but i'm being forced to and i'll tell you how to get into DePaul's area and you can go and grab him kill him whatever you want to do so you end up going into his area and you just capture him and then you just hand him off to the golden path so there's no real like it's a cool thing it's a cool way that happens you go into the interrogation room and you you know you you free the guy who's being captured and you take his place but you you're not tied and he thinks you are and he, like you said he's talking to his daughter on the phone he's like oh honey i'm i'm in a meeting right now i gotta go and then like he's like oh i'm sorry you know you're on time and i'm late and then like he takes off your mask and he sees it's you and then you just like knock him out and then you there's throw him in your trunk a bunch of different times where he does so stuff like, like that there's no battle which is what i'm getting at with all these bosses is that there's no real battle but it's kind of cool the way and then nor you know, afterwards, like, uh, Amida and Sabal are like, okay, now Nora's got to go. And you're like, well, you know, she was just trying to protect her family. And you find out because DePaul tells you that her family was long since killed. So you go up to her and you can either shoot her or just not shoot her. And uh, what did you guys do? I-, I did not shoot her. I didn't shoot her. Nah. So if you don't kill her, she you tell her, oh, you know, you're free. You can go. You know, I already took care of DePaul. And she's like, oh, I'm not, I'm not free. Look what I've done. And my family's dead. So she basically just jumps off the balcony of the arena and gets killed by going into the uh, arena pit. And I think the animals kill her. I guess you could also just shoot her and she would also just do the same thing and fall. So those are the first two. Then we talked about Yuma. And um, the interesting thing about Yuma is it's kind of the most you fight somebody where you're actually fight. You know, she, again, drugs you and you fight. But the interesting thing is you fight this warrior. And the warrior, if you've done the Shangri-La missions, you will recognize is the Shangri-La warrior that you play as. 
So you're hallucinating and you think it's really him, but you're really fighting Yuma and all of her bodyguards, but you're just in this hallucination state. So you have to like kill him, but it's really the hallucination is of that guy, which is kind of Oh, cool. that's that special mission where he's like in the middle of the thing. Yeah. And he keeps running around oh. and you're killing him and it's like, oh, kill this guy. I was wondering why that guy was supposed to be important. He's the, sh- he's the guy you play as in Shangri-La. Yeah. Oh. He's the guy that found Shangri-La and, you know, saves it. And- okay. And then, of course, there's Pagan, and we already talked about how with Pagan, you can either just walk up to him and kill him, or let him leave, or I guess in Craig's situation, you let him leave, but then kill him anyways when you blow up his helicopter. So what I, I want to talk to you, let you guys comment on is bosses are main villains in the game, and you don't really, you know, it's it's a first-person shooter, and you, you fight tons of guys, but you don't really fight any of these. Even Yuma, you kind of sort of fight, but not much, and the other three, you definitely don't do anything with that's outside of just like... Pull the trigger or don't pull the trigger. So what did you did you like that aspect or do you actually did you think it lacked because there was no real true like boss fights? I would have wanted there to be a little more conflict about it. I don't think it had to be, you know, some big shooting section. And I don't think that this game would have worked if there was like some giant boss who had shields that you had to take down and or hit with the rockets three times or anything silly like that so in the context of this world i think it worked well i just wish there was a little more interactivity in defeating them other than getting to the right place yeah i was gonna say it seemed like the boss battles in some aspects ended up being how you got there more than what you did when you reached it but i I kind of appreciate almost the quiet confidence not to force in a big boss battle because I think sometimes when a developer goes through that regimen of we need to have a boss battle and to Will's point, yep, we're going to follow the Mario roll and it's going to get hit by three rockets before he goes down. You just don't need that in every game. And I think if they would have tried to force it into this, especially with how the world's supposed to kind of be your playground. You're supposed to be able to go through different things in your own pace or approach situations in its own way, almost like when you can approach a fortress in whatever way you want. If they would have tried to wrap that into a very specific boss encounter and want you to have an experience with it, it's ripe for failure or for just to feel completely out of place. You end up in something like a deus ex type scenario where a boss battle just doesn't match the flow of the rest of the game while you're talking about the different bosses the deplure john deplure or what was his name uh just call him deplure paul Harmon deplure is his nickname paul Harmon deplure is his nickname i thought it was really interesting the cognitive dissonance between what he was doing and what he was saying and it was just so separate in your in your mind and actually him more than others i think and i could totally be pulling this out of my butt but i kind (laughs) of remember there being some stories about during the korean war the little bits of english that the koreans learned were like don't shoot me, I'm friendly, as they would they would yell that as they ran up to you and shot at you. Just to mess with your mind, so you weren't, you were just so confused and didn't know who, it was this difference between, oh no, don't worry, I'm the good guy, and at the same time as they're, or, or um, the movie, you guys remember When Mars Attacks? <laughs> Vaguely. They, I remember it being a movie. They screw up the translator, and so... 
the auto translator the whole time they're like we are your friends we come in peace and they're just blowing the hell out of everybody <laughs> you know it's like same kind of what you're saying what you're doing is just not right i just thought that was interesting and then nori you said she was the one who ran the arena right nor yeah nor yeah what did you guys think about the arena Ugh. It, it, <laughs> I think that said it all. Yeah, I did it because, and you have to get to level ten because that gets you a weapon, and that's one of the. And you have to get every weapon if you want to hundred percent it. Which the OCD in me, yes, I have to hundred percent everything. But it wasn't anything. I was like, oh my god, this is super fun and awesome to play. It was just kind of like, okay, it's a thing. Could you do it? Anything in the arena in multiplayer, Craig? No. Um, so it was just a single-player experience? I thought you could. It was. The multiplayer... Well, the the modes I played in multiplayer, none of them included the arena. I'm not sure if you could play it in co-op. I didn't try that. I don't know if you can play it, but... But it's only... Yeah, it is there's only... There's definitely multiplayer, multiplayer leaderboards. World. I know that. Because there's a... Yes, there were a leaderboard aspect to it. But I don't know. Yeah, maybe you couldn't actually play, like... Yeah. Anything, but you, it's funny. It was just a slow grind. That's really how to explain it. It wasn't anything like, okay, you beat it, and then you got to beat it again, and then you got to beat it again, and you got to beat it again, and again, and again, and you just kept doing that to gain levels, but that kind of thing was ever, like... So when I came to it, and it, and you know, kind of the way you're describing it, the Mad, Mo- Mad Moxie expansion to the original Borderlands was oh, yeah. basically the exact same thing. The whole expansion was this arena and you just killed wave after wave after wave of guys and they would just dump weapons on you for defeating wave after wave after wave of guys and for some reason i got really into that and so when i saw the (laughs) arena show up in this game i was like oh that seems cool maybe i can get into this too and i just never got around to going back to it yeah it's okay i mean so i think the difference there might be the point of borderlands is to shoot stuff that is the central mechanic where this, well, it is the point of the game is to shoot stuff, right? But the way you do it is meant to be a little bit more freeform and not as constrained. So that's where the, yeah. the arena didn't really work well for me is I'm like, you're stuck in a very narrow, confined space with a limited rule set and how you can operate within the environment, which just kind of forces your hand into it being just run, hide, shoot, do whatever you're going to do to survive there, but it doesn't really give you the options to explore the tool set. Yeah, and, like, they kept starting you with a shitty weapon, and but, like, as you gain <laughs> levels, like, you'd get a better shitty weapon, but it was always still a shitty weapon. Like, even, the, even like, the best weapon I think they gave you was, like, a small submachine gun, and you never used it. You, you immediately grabbed the first weapon that somebody dropped, and it was always, like, a submachine gun, like, a, like an AK-47. And I'm like, okay... And then you would just wait for them, like, the, the crowd people to throw stuff down on you, and, like, you pick up some Molotov cocktails, and that's what you use to beat, like, the heavy people. And I'm like, okay, it's not like, I'm not getting to use the cool weapons I want to use, and, like Craig was saying, you're kind of in this just confined area, and you're just basically waiting for a lot of the other guys to kill each other, then you go and pick off the rest, the animals come, and wasn't anything that to write a home about. It's a way to fill up some time in the world, but yeah. not exactly what I think any of us were really looking for. So while we're we're briefly talking about multiplayer, did either of you guys touch any of the expansions that came out? No. I did not. I was interested in the one that came out recently about the, the Yetis. Yeah, I was too. That, like, that, I was curious to go back to it, but... Uh, 
Do either it's of you have any plans to go on. back? Yeah, I did not. I just hate downloadable uh, content. I really hate it. God, oh, yes. God damn it, I hate it. I, I love the way, what they're doing with The Witcher, where it's like, okay, all the normal downloadable content, all the stupid things that they make you buy, like the skins and all that stuff, that's all free. We're going to do two packs. Here's the download. Here's the extra expansions. This is $10. This is $20. But you're getting, like, 30 hours worth of content. Like, this stuff, it's like you get, like five hours of content and you pay 30 bucks like oh god that's just i'm almost basically yeah, paying for another game for small so men. you're saying it's no horse armor nice. <laughs> <laughs> well played sir thank you for the 2006 oblivion reference uh really quick i thought the body double thing was cool I... it was cool but predictable it would he have been showed up too way too early. That's right? what I mean. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, yeah. obviously Pagan's not gonna die three quarters of the way through the game. So like, it would have been really cool if they did it like you went to the end and then you killed him and then like he's like, oh no, that's my body double. Ha ha ha! I got away. You know, that would have been cool. Like to do it. So then, but like should have had Ganon. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna spoil Far Cry Three. So if you're uh, if you're curious about that. Skip ahead three minutes. Um, in Far Cry 3, they play with your expectations because they actually do kill, like, one of the main boss evil guys. Uh, his name was Voss in that game, and he was far more interesting than who the main bad guy is, but they kill him. I don't even know if it's halfway through the game. <laughs> so I think there was a little bit of that if you had played previously. Oh, so you think it was kind that of you're like, to oh, that damn game. it, are they going to kill him again? Like... The uh, more interesting okay. antagonist, and then have some other like kind of government guy come in or something like that. Ah, mm. uh, so it was a nod to three, and we just okay. Didn't get maybe it. that that's yeah. interesting. <laughs> that's interesting. I didn't even think about that until really right now, though. That there was a little bit of a connection there, and how they play with expectations. So you wanted to talk about collectibles, Craig? Did you guys also uh, buy all of the maps to like show where everything is in the world? Yep. I didn't, but okay. I didn't care. You didn't? Okay. So. I, if you buy all that, it looks like someone threw up on the world map. <laughs> it does. There is just stuff <laughs> oh, yeah. everywhere. I mean, oh, it is, you open God. it up, and it is overwhelming when you're looking at I what know. the world is as far as collectibles. Are I don't know how I like got it. Like, it, almost, yeah, it almost looks like, oh, my God, I can't do this. It's just way too much stuff. The, the, the stuff will never go away. There's just too much. But somehow, like, you work your way through it. <laughs> I thought the... Uh, and Brian, so we differed here a little bit because I went for the Platinum Trophy and did the bare minimum to reach that, um, where you went for 100%. And something I appreciated was when you're looking at like the stats in the menu of collectibles, it tells you how much of each thing you need to unlock yeah. stuff. So like there's a little icon for yeah. a trophy or an achievement or a little weapon for when you yep. unlock a gun. Yep, and then and so all on and like, so forth. Um, yeah, there's some upgrade stuff like there's like an explosion if you you get certain things. Yeah, I really appreciated how they helped you gauge your progress in this game through that yes. menu. You knew what was coming. You knew how many missions of things were left. That wasn't something that it wasn't some surprise that they were gonna sneak up on me with. You know, from the very beginning of the game, you knew there are four. Fortress Shangri-La missions. Four, four fortresses. You know, there are four fortresses. fortresses. Yeah. You're going to kill four bosses, and that's going to be the game, basically. Yeah. Yeah, did you find yourself relying on that a lot, Brian, when you were going for 100%? Yes and no. 
Um, the only thing, the things I relied on mostly is like how many guns they had. So I would know, I would know like, oh, I need to get this many guns, and I was like, how am I gonna get these guns? And but like the things like the the normal collectibles, like that would just appear on screen. So like you, you um, one of them is like the the devil masks. So like the yeah. goat, you know, and you you you. You know, you destroy one of the masks, and it's like, okay, you've gotten one out of, I don't know how many of the masks, 50 or something, and it's like, you've gotten one out of 50, now you've gotten two out of, so, like, I already knew how many I was looking for. It's an interesting sub-story, though, when you say the devil mask, because that was the serial killer, right? Yeah, that would, like, the, yeah, like, the demonic thing that would make people (laughs) kill themselves or kill other people, yeah. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. You know those little masks? (laughs) I, I, kind of? What's, what was the story? What, what? So when you were, uh, yeah, when you're exploring, like, there's the mask that you would destroy, but there's always, like, a note around them, and it was these super cryptic messages, like, I'm going to spill your blood, signed, the goat. Yeah, it was always signed, the goat. And there was always found around a dead person, right? A dead, dead, like, civilian, or a dead body, or a decomposing body, so you're picking up, like, these little clues left by a serial killer. Yeah it's supposed to be like a demonic spirit that made people do this and that's why you're you're removing these masks to remove the demonic spirit <laughs> but yeah like the, the most useful things i think for the menu i mean i liked that it showed you everything yeah again was the, like the guns and i really liked that in each in, in the gun menu when you buy them it tells you how you can get you can get them so it would say like okay you can get this one by buying it or this one requires mm. you to um, to get uh, seven out towers liber- yeah or outposts or liberate all the outposts or or, or there was do the, this mission or there was one yeah. that you know that, that even says you know get to reach level 10 in the arena that's great because honestly i hate when you have to figure that stuff out i would have never figured out i would have to reach level 10 but the fact that they told me made it a lot easier. I didn't have to waste my time trying to figure out how to get the gun. I just was like, oh, okay, this one I have to go to the arena for. Yeah, it was a slow grind, but at least I knew what I needed to do. And I, I felt like was- it was respecting our time yeah. with a confidence within the amount of content they put in the game. Yeah, well. and, and I like, put in enough hours that that was the right thing to do. I mean, they didn't need to extend it longer by making things like that. And I liked, you know, the maps. Again, if you really just wanted to find all the stuff yourself, you could. But I just immediately, as soon as I had the money, I just bought all the maps. I had all the maps from the north, and I wasn't even a quarter of the way out of the south. So, like, that was kind of cool. And, uh, yeah, it just showed you everything. I thought that was really good. So you're pretty positive on the menu system. But we're going to bring it to the ever-recurring segment. (laughs) Of, of Brian's drives. Oh yeah. What what did you have a problem with in this game? Brian? Okay, let me find out. There were some definitely things I was just like, eh, no. I don't know if you didn't play many of the side missions, well, but Craig, you probably played this. You, you know, there's the missions after you liberate a tower where it would be the guy and he'd be like, oh, you need to get me the supplies for the golden path, and then you would have to, you know, go find the supplies and then bring it to him. Why was there yep. a timer at the end after you've collected all the, the, the supplies to get it to him? <laughs> I did get stuck by that once. I'm like, what? I'm like, what the fuck? I have all the supplies. Why do I need to get it to him within two minutes or a minute? Because, I mean, clearly one of the developers, big fan of Mission Impossible and just wanted things to self-destruct. Uh, I was like, that's terrible. I was like, that's uh, like you bring a bunch of medical supplies to, and uh, no, we're not going to take them. You showed up too late. So. Yeah. <laughs> right. We only they accept expired. the deliveries between at 9 o'clock, 9 a.m. and 10 p.m. <laughs> did you finish? Have to, yeah. Did you finish all those missions? At all? I did. I did. I, I only remember is getting caught on one of those. Oh, okay. R- really? You're did, not gonna take the. Did you finish them, Craig? 
I, I did a couple of them, but then, yeah, it was the same thing. Like, you get there, and um, I think one of them I was down to, like, the last 10 seconds, and I'm, like, running up to the door, and I'm like, <laughs> what the? Why does this matter? Okay, whatever. Oh, so, okay, so you guys didn't you guys didn't do the last one, because you actually find out, like, what's... Because I don't know if you started to notice, but each of the ones, he was like, yeah, I need somebody to help. And then you're like, oh, it's AJ. He's like, oh, AJ, yeah, 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 AJ, AJ. And you start to think, like, what the fuck is going on with this guy? Eventually, he'd be like... The last one, he's like, is anybody there? And, and then you're like, oh, it's AJ. He's like, oh, perfect, AJ, you know? And you're like, okay, this is the shit. And, like, you could never go into his room. Like, he's like, oh, yeah. we're doing you something super the for the golden pad. And then you find out, like, this guy is just some guy who was trying to, like, steal stuff. And he felt bad, and he kills himself. <laughs> so, like, yeah, he wasn't a golden path guy. Because you actually call, like, one oh, of the Jesus. golden path people. And they're like, yeah, we have no record of that guy. And then, yeah, that's what you find out. Wow. Um, okay, then. So, yeah, he was just some guy who was, like, coming to, like, I think he was working for some group that was trying to like, just, like, swindle supplies, but then, like, he ended up getting caught, and then he felt bad, and then he kills himself or something like that. But, wow. yeah, that was annoying. It's interesting sub-story. Yeah, yeah, that was annoying to me, the, the timer. One, did you, and two, do you think they tried to make you feel any particular way about him committing suicide? No, I mean, they barely kind of, you have to like read all the notes to figure it out. It wasn't like obvious, his body's not there, but it was kind of just, it seems like he did this, so. It was more just like, oh, okay, it was what I guessed, which is the guy doesn't work for the Golden Path and he had some arterial motive. Here's one, here's a gripe. Why can't you switch between more than two weapons in a cycle? You can hold four weapons, but your cycle weapon button only switches between two and to and to your most recent and your current yeah one. yeah exactly and to and to get a new one there you have to so if you want to keep the two that you want like you you're, you're going to use the most you have to set the one the other one then set the one that you want to currently use which is like oh it's so annoying like why can't i just cycle between all four of them like oh yeah here's a gripe during the hunting syringe drug trips if your gear is taken how do you have things like the grapple hook and your other syringes. Yeah, there was. <laughs> like you, ha you can actually use other syringes. I'm like, but all my gear is taken. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. And it just comes back to you. And it, yeah, okay. Oh, here's a real gripe that that happens in every game, whether it's you know like a Far Cry game, like Assassin's Creed, whatever. Enemies that don't notice things. Let's say Craig is an enemy. And Will's an enemy. And Will's just standing still, right? And he's looking out. And Craig is an enemy who is walking towards him and then walking away. And then walking towards... You know, he's just doing a loop of walking towards him and away. I'm trying to do my stealth kills. So Craig walks away. So he's facing the uh, the other way. I go and kill... Stealthily kill Will, right? And then I yep. run away. And then Craig turns around, you know, to continue his loop. And doesn't notice that Will is no longer there. <laughs> Even though... There would be parts where he would talk to Will and say things like, Oh, this is... I should be in the palace, Will. But, like, then he comes back and he doesn't notice... What? what? A nice little bit of incidental dialogue. Like, where did that fucker go? <laughs> what did yeah, or like, Oh my god, there's Will on the ground dead. Maybe, you know, like, there's, you know... Maybe <laughs> I should sound the alarm. Yeah, but they don't do that. It's just like, what? As long as you kill him quietly... Yeah, you're he fine. no longer exist. Oh, you guys didn't do the Amita, the gas hallucination. That's the one I was telling you I did when I, when I switched over to the... That was a fucking... If you want to talk about the Yogi and Reggie trip, drug trip, you go into the building, you know, to take it over, and it's all gassed. So you start to you start to walk in, and you're like, okay, I'm going to go find this guy to kill the scientist. Oh, I did do that mission. Oh, you did it? 
So you got yeah. the, the, how drug trippy was that, man? When you, you're like, and then all of a sudden things start to get blurry, and then you're like, oh, I gotta get out, and then you start to shoot the scientist, but then he's up, he's alive again, and you sh- you keep shooting him, and he keeps coming back uh-huh. alive. You're like, what the fuck is going on? Wow, I feel like I missed out on that one. Oh, that was just, that was crazy. And then like you finally the get out, distorting itself. Yeah. It's all in that factory. That's you know, it was very like the of the um, not to spoil, but it was very Hotline Miami two, the last mission, like where things just started getting like fucked up, crazy. Like easy there, spark plug. <laughs> and then you um, and then like Amita's like, you okay? And you're like. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Because <laughs> you're fine to get some air. Yeah, that was crazy. Why do they insist on bringing up your sidearm weapon after you exit a vehicle? What the fuck? I exit my vehicle. I had my regular weapon on. Why can't I go back to my regular weapon? That just seems... Ugh. Little small gripes here and there, but... Oh, ring racing and survival side missions? Like, are we still doing this crap? Like, why do developers think that we... Like these things where you have to drive through a ring or race through a ring. Like, uh, I know it's a side. Because you did them all. I did them all because I'm OCD and I gotta get the 100%, but I didn't do them because I liked them. Do you think that race could have happened any other way? Or how how would you have changed it for the better? I, I, I think by just not having it. I don't think we need oh, it. So you weren't actually racing other people, you were just racing clock, right? Yeah, just a little stupid clock. Yeah. Just like Assassin's Creed where you're going through rings and you're just trying to beat the time. Hmm. <laughs> So while you're talking about all your specifics, why don't you go ahead and give us your final review with your score if you want to? Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, things I really loved, which is w- w- most of this game. So I mentioned this stuff. Other some things like I love that animals can fuck up your stealth. <laughs> like I love that. I could be going into an outpost and trying to do it stealthily, and a wolf will appear and either attack me or attack one of the enemies. And fucks up my stealth. Alarm sounds. It's great. You know. There's lots to do in this game. Like we were talking about the open world. It's just, it's fun. I think that the, the whole open world is so much better than than the main mission. Yeah, I like that you never see AJ for the most part. So you don't, you get a sense that it almost feels like you rather than him. Yeah, I like a lot of the stuff. There's some great quotes. The funny characters. Herc was really amazing. Uh, one of my funnier gripes. I, I forgot this one. What the fuck is it with cars running you over? So they start you in a mission. And like they'll just place you somewhere like in in the world, and then immediately a car will run over and kill you. And I'm like, come on, <laughs> what the fuck? Like literally two seconds into the mission, I'll get run over by a car and killed. But yeah, like it was just a fun game. Like really recommend you playing it. I mean, I could see where you know, like if you've played Far Cry 3, and maybe you don't want more of the same. That's fine. If you haven't played it, really go. It's really a great game to play. I mean, I think people listening to our podcast will. You know, having played it, obviously, can really appreciate what it's gone through. So, I mean, yeah, it's definitely a, a really good game to excited, you know, like, glad I played it. Cool. Craig, do you want to give your final review and yeah, score, if you feel like? Closing thoughts. I do like that you can finish the game in about eh, 15 minutes, depending on how you play through it. Um, yeah, <laughs> you really can. <laughs> Did you guys pick up on that there's an ending at the beginning of the game if you just don't leave uh, Pagan's Palace? No, I didn't catch that. So if you, uh, so this is interesting. So when he, uh, you're sitting there for food with him and you're like in the area and he says, just wait right there, I'll be right back and then goes off to check on something. If you don't get up 
he comes back after like you know about 10 minutes and says hey you waited for me and then we'll take you right out back to bury your mom's ashes and the game ends <laughs> <laughs> i gotta try that that's awesome i do yeah, remember so, that there's at least one bit of dialogue where late in the game he's like you know if you had just waited that's for the me end. we would have <laughs> that's at the table at the end he says that to you he's like yeah, oh exactly. you're you know you've been doing all this stuff and i just asked you to wait here we are back in the same place where we started and i asked you to wait and you wouldn't wait <laughs> yep so if you would have actually waited you could have just just finished the game and then i think he even makes a quip after you finish and he's like now let's go shoot some guns and i was like oh it's good but kind of to put a bow on it, if you're someone that is looking to be your own action star, if that's the kind of fun you want to have where you just kind of want to go into a world and explore it and do some crazy-ass crap, especially if you're playing it with a, a co-op buddy or something like that that can hop in and just raise mayhem, you know, you'll have a freaking awesome time. Or if you're a fan of Mercenaries or the Just Cause series or something like that. Honestly... It gave me what I what I needed at the time, and I think it's a great game overall. And I'm curious to see what they end up doing on a possible, well, the inevitable sequel, right? Yeah, and see, inevitable. <laughs> yeah, kind of where they they take the franchise forward, or if they end up kind of down an Assassin's Creed rabbit hole of yeah, <laughs> yeah, of <laughs> of reusing the the same concepts and. Just trying to splash some paint on it, but Far Cry 4, friggin' awesome game. Go play it. What about you, Will? I know you've you seemed a little conflicted throughout a couple points of the podcast. Yeah, I've been trying to kind of figure out exactly how I felt about it. You know, kind of my normal review score is that an 8 sits at, you know, a game that just kind of does everything, but it's not really special. This is the point of the podcast where Will shits all over the game. (laughs) For our regular listeners, this is every podcast. This game, from kind of the outset, that's what this game feels like to me. It did a bunch of cool stuff. It just didn't draw me in like I, I mean... I wonder if you had played it the way we played it, where you you mainlined the whole thing. Mm Mm-hmm. We did the open world, and I wonder if you had done the open world and not mainlined it, if you would have the same opinion. It's hard to say. And, yeah. Because I, I really think the, the open world is, like, I really think the story is really almost pointless and, and like, who the fuck cares? And, I mean, they could have almost just eliminated the whole story and I would have been, like, fine. Just give me the open world part. I, I thought that was just so much more enjoyable. Just the freedom to do all this crazy stuff. I love what they did, like Craig brought up, with you know the menus and showing you how you were progressing through the game and not hiding pointless information, making it easy to tell how far you were in the game, e- easy to tell what you needed to do to unlock things. The, those things I really appreciated. It felt really wide, but also very... Sh- or It felt like there were a lot of things, but nothing really went very deep. Do, Makes sense. Do you kind of know what I'm talking about there? Yeah. yeah. I, like there were 
15 different items I could customize, but each only had like two or three levels each that I could customize. It yeah. Didn't, didn't feel like I was doing a whole, yeah, I don't know. So it, it, it was definitely interesting. There was a lot to do, but I didn't really get too deep in anything. I think Craig said it before, quantity over quality, and I think they, they did definitely tried to do that way. They just tried to give you all these crazy weapons you could use that normal people wouldn't have exposure to. You know, you had the RPG, and you had grenade launchers, and you had, like, sh super shredder, you know, large machine guns, and you had, like, super, like, high-powered shotguns, and then, like, sniper rifles that were, like, ultra-high cap. So they tried to give you all these, like, crazy weapons, but they didn't really give you much customization. Like, you could buy some things for them, but... They were basic things like scopes or yeah, you know, exactly. magazine, you know, like bigger magazines. You but could customize almost every weapon, but then there was like, oh, you could just change a scope. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, okay. It wasn't much quality to, you know, it was just a lot of them. So I, I guess I, being the one guy who still hung up on rating stuff, I do think in the last little bit here, I did kind of just talk myself back into giving it an eight. An eight. <laughs> so I think that's what I think. An eight out of 20. <laughs> <laughs> this brings us to the end of another awesome episode of the Emotive Pixels Podcast. If you want more from us, you can find us on iTunes and at our webpage, emotivepixelspodcast.com. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash emotivepixels, or follow us on Twitter at emotivepixels. And as always, keep, keep on, on playing! playing.